Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Hello, football-loving friends. This is Daily Vikings Entertainment. Purple Daily. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Judd is one step closer to death because he's on the COVID protocol list. But he's grinding it out, unlike some of these sissy NFL players that sit out these games, right? I know the league makes them, but not just tested, you're not sitting out. Tested positive, and I am right here. Just, Judd tested positive for hot takes, too, on Mackie mm-hmm. and Judd, if you yes. want to check out uh, yes. Reckless Speculation Thursday. So uh, this is State of the Offense Thursday on Purple Daily, presented in part by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They've got a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. We've got Random Viking of the Week later on. But uh, if it's okay with you guys, I feel like the four key offensive stats are going to just like spawn so much. Hot takes? Detailed discussion. Measured, level-headed takes from everybody here. Oh, that I'm not going to listen to this show. I'd love to start us off there with... uh, that's right, Rick Spielman. The offense that Rick Spielman helped create here. His little satisfied cackling. Because the first key offensive stat is that the Vikings are now up to fifth in the NFL in yards per play offensively. What do you guys think of that? It's Dirt. a top five offense according to yards per play, which is about as all-encompassing of a metric as you can you can find. Now, there's obviously that doesn't weed out for any garbage time or whatever, but the Vikings don't have a lot of garbage time. They're playing close games all the time. Fifth in the NFL. Yeah, you know what I think it is? I think it's a very, very much um, a product of the fact that this offense has a lot of really good components, but it probably should be first. I'm not going to lie. Or wow. second. Wow. It probably should be first or second. There's more here. <laughs> there's more. There's more. There's more here. There's well, more. They've, been do- they've been doing a lot of the things that we were clamoring mm-hmm. for early. They've done a lot more of those things in the last month and a half. And I think there's even more. Oh, yeah. And I think there's more. Uh, but, yeah, there's nothing about – there's no uh, statistic about this offense that's positive that you can throw at me that's going to surprise me. This offense has the ability to be very, very good, and it often is at, at times. Situationally, there have been definitely times, let's say towards the end of, of a half, where I have said this offense could do more, but it's not the player's fault. So I take that statistic to uh, speak volumes about what this 
offense can do and has done at times when it is allowed to cook. Um, no pun intended. So I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. I only wonder if you had really embraced this thing six months back and said, no, you know what? We are an offensive first team. We are yeah, going would you, to invest. We do have eight wins right now, right? And you yeah, might well, be eight and five right now. You, you know, the Browns. Roll your eyes all you want, but let's go back to what if you had taken the Dalvin Tomlinson investment and put that at guard or center? What if you had done that? And and so that line was stabilized, barring injury, for an entire season. What would have done? What would have taken place here? Um, because I don't think the the one thing to hammer home from our perspective, because I think across the board we all agree, and it's a positive. Any misgivings that we have about Cousins has nothing to do with the fact that we see this, the three of us, as an offensive first team that has huge potential. I think that's fair, and this and the the, the stats definitely. Bear that out. They are fifth in yards per play offensively, and they are 26th in yards per play given up defensively. So, sure. you know, that's that's as cut and dry as, as you can make it. If you're wondering who are the top five teams offensively, it's pretty much who you would think. It's the uh, the Rams are number one offensively. The Buccaneers are number two. The Cowboys are three, and the Chargers are four. And then it goes Vikings, 49ers, sneaky. They've been so much better the last month and a half or so. Followed by the Raiders, Colts, the Cardinals, and the Buffalo Bills. The Chiefs are 12th because they've actually been winning a lot more because of defense. You know, they keep holding opponents under 20 points. But, you know, Dex, what do you think? Like, did, did you think coming into the state of the offense show today that we'd be talking about a top five statistical offense? Uh, yeah, I do. And I, I think fifth is about where they should be. Like, if, if you list those other four teams, they're not – they're not all in on being better than those teams, but they should be top five. They should be top five. I, I, I agree with Judd that there's unlocking potential there, but when you have a first-year offensive coordinator and then there's this weird kind of dilemma where the quarterback coach has to step in to help call plays, but the weapons are there. Like The, the, the driver of the car is a little bit confusing here, but all the weapons are here for it to be a top five offense. So... Yeah, I wish they would have probably used those, some of those resources on a guard or an offensive lineman uh, to help boast and protect Kirk a little bit more. But they should be a top five offense with all those weapons. So let's get to a key stat number two, and these are now morphing into categories of stats. And the second category is going to be deep passing because that's another thing. Early in the season, the Vikings were like bottom three in average depth of targets. They were you know outside the top fifteen in deep passing attempts, and you got. Justin Jefferson over here, Adam Thielen, like why aren't you being more aggressive down the field? And Mike Zimmer held that sort of come to Jesus meeting with the quarterback and with the offensive staff and said, "Guys, we got to be more aggressive here." All right, let's so Mike Zimmer has helped push this. So deep passing. On deep passes that travel or I should say on passes that travel 20 yards or more in the air, that's what's classified as a deep pass. Kirk Cousins has the number one passer rating in the NFL on those throws and the number four PFF grade. The Vikings are tied for seventh in Cousins in total deep passing attempts. So they've, they've started to climb the ladder. They've been getting the ball down the field more often. You've seen a more concerted effort to, to feature Justin Jefferson the last couple months. But on those deep passes, of which the Vikings are seventh in attempts, 
Kirk is number one in passer rating. I'll give you one more, and then you can you can chew on this. Justin Jefferson has the second most deep passing targets of any receiver in the NFL this season. He has 29 deep targets behind only Tyler Lockett with the Seahawks. He has 35. Uh, I'll also add that Jefferson has the most intermediate targets in the NFL, which is that area between 10 and 20 yards in the air. So if you add up everything from 10 yards in the air and further, so get out of the check down stuff, 10 yards in the air and further, Jefferson has the most targets of any receiver in the NFL. And it's largely due to the last several weeks of, hey, we got, we got this guy over here. Right. He's basically Randy Moss 2.0. Let's feature him. So, like, I interpret this to say, yeah, they're they're kind of doing what all the armchair quarterbacks have been telling them to do in the first month and a half, and successfully they have they have tweaked their offense to be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. As it should be. As it should be. And, yeah, there is – these stats point to to the to the potential that this team has. Um, that when they actually go there and use that potential, that they can be successful. And the stat on Kirk is zero surprise because that means that in those cases he had time to deliver the ball deep. Right? We know that Kirk's great. That when Kirk has when Kirk has time, like that's the thing about about it, Kirk. I don't think appreciates the fact that Kirk can consistently make the throws that that's the, that stat screams he can make. Mm-hmm. And so that, that stat is probably the least surprising of any stat because we know that when Kirk has time and if Kirk is asked to throw deep, Kirk's damn good. Yeah. Stefan Diggs showed the same exact thing as, as Justin has, as, as KJ Osborne showed against the Steelers in the last game on a Thursday night. So, yeah, that's that's what we were all saying is, Kirk, you have to trust your, yourself to throw the ball deep. Now, the question is, does, does he have the allotted amount of time to actually drop back, find that throw, and make that throw? But in the case of the stat that you're going with, Phil, he definitely did. And so, yeah, that is that is exactly what Kirk is capable of doing. That stat proves it. That stat is no surprise. And... I think you're right. I think it's been in the last, what, month plus that the Vikings finally embraced Justin Jefferson's really damn good at football. Yeah. And the thing, you know, if we want to get into like breaking down half by half, they're better in the first half than they are in the second half. They're like, they're a top five first half scoring offense. They're outside the top half of the league in the second half, you know, and against the Steelers, they take a 20. This is how frustrating this team is. There's so many great components. And now, the totality of the season, you could say they're a top five offense by yards per play and they're throwing the ball down the field a lot more, but it's like they still disappear for chunks of second halves, oh, which yeah. is which is something that I, I think in some cases in the second half, the opposing team has now gotten a read on what's been successful for you and you're past the scripted plays and now it's time to be more improvisational and Kirk is not at all an improvisational quarterback. And Clint Kubiak is still so inexperienced as a play caller that I think those two things combined and the offensive line, you know, okay, it's not the greatest offensive line. So defenses pick up their tendencies. And I think that's part of the reason why you see them not scoring as many points in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I'm glad that they take more shots down the field. They've been asking to do that for forever now. Um, and Justin Jefferson gives you that luxury duty. You literally for all intents and purposes, takes the top off the defense. You have to absolutely take more shots to Justin Jefferson. So I'm all about it. 
All right, category number three here. This is Judd already kind of alluded to this, but it's going to be called Kirk Cousins Clean versus Under Pressure. And we'll get into some of the, the details here. So the summary, before I even throw the stats out, is that Kirk is excellent when given a clean pocket. But he's one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL when he's under pressure. Facing pressure is a huge and unavoidable part of playing quarterback in the NFL. I think a lot of people just feel like, well, get rid of the pressures, right? Well, the the best defense is like the teams you're going to play in the playoffs, the Buccaneers and the, the Packers, they will find ways to put pressure on quarterbacks. If it means having to send blitzers, you're just it's an unrealistic expectation to say there's just not going to be pressure. You need to find a way to have a stone wall in front of the quarterback at all times. Like, yeah, you want to get better, but every quarterback in the NFL faces somewhere between 20 and 40% of snaps pressured. And it just kind of depends on where your offensive line falls. Are you mobile? Can you escape? Et cetera. So when given a clean pocket, Kirk ranks third in completion percentage among starting quarterbacks fifth in yards per attempt, and sixth in average depth of throw. So clean pocket, he's driving the ball down the field. He's completing passes at a high rate. It's everything that we see with our eyes. Like, he's super accurate, etc. When things get dicey, when, when, there's, when there's pressure, according to Pro Football Focus, and this is all quarterbacks when pressured, okay? This isn't Kirk when pressured compared to everyone else. This is everyone when pressured. 20th in completion percentage. 27th in yards per attempt and 27th in average depth of throw. So he turns into inaccurate check down guy and sort of panic guy when he's pressured. Now, you know, the Vikings offensive line definitely could be better. You know, by almost any measurement, they're bottom third of the league in pass protection. Um, but I, I guess what I worry about is we could keep sitting here and saying offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. And yes, it needs to get better. But I feel like Kirk against pressure, whether it's seven times a game or 15 times a game, that it's a checkmate problem. That in the end, when you're fa- if you get to the second, third round of the playoffs, you're playing a road game. Yep. You, like, there's going to be pressure. Yep. There's going to be pressure, like, literally defensively and just, like, pressure of playing in a playoff game. And, uh, you know, you got to find a way to rise above it. And he's been better at different times in his career under pressure. This year he's been especially bad. So I don't know. How do you sort of dissect this? And like, he's amazing when you give him time, but is it realistic to say that, well, you just have to always give him time? Um, no, no, you can't because teams will eventually, by the time you potentially get to playoff games, just scheme that they'll scheme pressure. They'll, they'll scheme ways. So it, it's not, well, the line stinks. Yes. That, that has been a problem here at times, but it's also, they know, all of Kirk's weaknesses and exploit them. So I don't think you can say, we'll just keep Kirk clean and things will be fine. Uh, This again gets to the fact that I don't know offensively that the design of this entire thing works long-term. I don't know that Kirk is the right QB because I'm not quite sure that if you are just going to stand back there and, and fold when there's pressure uh, if that's going to get you to where the ultimate goal is to be. So, again, no, nothing about that stat surprises me for Kirk or or potentially other quarterbacks that aren't mobile. But all of that being said, 
I don't know that there's a workaround there. Right. Like, I don't know that, that, that there's a, well, if you just do this and, and I, you know, we have all heard, well, if they could just roll Kirk out more and we could, but, but again, it, that's, that's film work. So, so like the boots are fine. So they got Kirk in the boots and, you know, when Kirk's rolling out and he can, but you know what, you're going to play games where teams say, we're going to take that play away entirely. Then what, then what, that's always the question. So this, this gets back to, and this is not a Kirk bash, but this gets back to, does it work? And the answer when push comes to shove in the most important games is it might not work. And I would say none of those stats are surprising, but then at the same time, like what, what is our bar for a quarterback under pressure, right? Like if he's going to be under pressure, his numbers are always going to be worse, but what, what is, what is the expectation when someone's under pressure and where should his numbers really be? Like, I, I think it's just obvious that when he's under pressure, he's going to, he's going to struggle. But he struggles more compared to his peers, is what this says. Right. Like, so, he, so yeah. Ky- Kyler Murray, for instance, for obvious reasons, because he right. can just juke his way out of pressure, because he's one. Of, he's the most mobile quarterback in NFL history. Right. Kyler Murray averages nine and a half yards per attempt when pressured. Kirk averages five, hmm. and that's because when the when the pressure comes in, you know, it's kind of checkmate. Like, there's only so much Kirk can do because he's he's not super mobile. You know, he's not he's not he's not like Big Ben where he might, you know, Big Ben 10 years ago might put his shoulder down. There's also a clip, somebody, I think, uh, dug up a Dante Culpepper clip this week of him like a safety blitz. And he just like lowers his shoulder and the safety bounces off of him and he throws the ball like that's not Kirk. Kyler Murray pressure can come from all directions. Zoop, 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 right. And that's oh, why that's yeah. part of the reason why the Cardinals no Kyler Murray turns the ball over more often than Kirk does. But he can he's like the, the range of outcomes for Kyler Murray is wider because Kirk's more conservative. But that to answer Dex's question, I just like at some point you gotta prevent pressure more often. And Kirk has to be better than twenty seventh in key categories when there is pressure. But can he be? Tune in. It, feel, it feels like the Bears on Monday, Monday night. night. It feels like the, <laughs> it feels like two thousand twenty one is the season in which Kirk has done the most that he possibly can. Like, I feel like that statistic is the best that Kirk is going to be. Because if you look at Kirk, like, I believe his his release time has improved. Um, we, we talked about that a month ago or, yeah, or his, more. It's funny because his sacks are way down. He's yeah, only been so sacked like 18 I, times this season because he's getting rid of the ball. I don't think there is. I don't believe that that statistic, because you can't, you're right. You cannot say stop all the pressure. It's not realistic. Um, and I think Kirk is doing, in, in fact, you know what? I'm going to give Kirk credit. I think Kirk is doing the best that Kirk possibly can with right. what Kirk with what Kirk has. I really do. I, I think he's doing, I think that statistic is about as good as Kirk can do. And there just comes a point in time where you can't say, well, he's got to improve there and we've got to have him run. That's not realistic, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that I would have said is Kirk has to deliver the ball quicker, but I feel like he is. You like that? You, like you know that? who else is doing the best with what he's been given? Judd Zolgad mm. and all the weight that he's been losing. Well, that's because I've gotten help from my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. And Phil is right, down from 240 to, to 210. In fact, on Mackie and Judd today, Declan played a clip. Well, it, it was an incriminating clip of Phil talking about the Twins. 
But all I could see was my face, which was so fat. I could barely look at the screen. My big fat face. And you know what now? If you're you're watching this, look at this face now. Not so fat. Again, 30 pounds down. And and here's the best part. You can join me on this weight loss journey. In fact, save 50% off the program, 50%, and your first visit is free. The offer ends soon, so start to lose those pounds before Jan 1. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, Livia.com, 855-GO, it's L-I-V-E-A. And if you don't like how, how your clothes don't fit now, or perhaps your face looks fat, you know what? 855-GO, L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, they're going to do what they, for you, what they did for me, which is help you get that weight under control and shed those pandemic pounds. You know who's not fat? Justin Jefferson. And we're giving away a Justin Jefferson jersey this week on the Score North app. You can register once per day by using the code words that we give you on this show. So open the Score North app. It's a central hub. It's free. It's everything we do. Judd's written work. Everything is on the Score North app. And uh, you can click on Listener Rewards and enter today's code word, which is touchdown. That's a thing that Justin Jefferson does from time to time. It scores touchdowns. Touchdown is the code word if you want to be entered to win a Justin Jefferson jersey. All right, here is the fourth key offensive stat of the week. Category, state of the offensive line. Two things for you here. Number one, Garrett Bradbury, according to Pro Football Focus, has played the two best games of his season the last two weeks since coming back from the COVID list and uh, just being benched behind Mason Cole. And so far on the season... Among 40 qualified centers, Bradbury ranks 21st overall, according to Pro Football Focus. So he's, he's average. Now, he's above average in run blocking. He's 14th out of 40 in run blocking. He's 36th out of 40 in pass protection. So he still continues to struggle in pass protection. Although, he might have had his best pass pro game against the Steelers of his career. Zero pressures allowed in that game against the Steelers. So, nice work, Bradbury. Uh, if you're ranking Vikings offensive linemen according to their PFF grades this season, here are the power rankings in order. The best offensive lineman has been Mason Cole. He's got the highest grade. Now, it's largely due to run blocking. He's been great in run blocking and below average in pass protection. Brian O'Neill is number two. Not shocking. Christian Derrissaw, three. Ezra Cleveland, 4, Garrett Bradbury, 5, Ole Udo, 6, Blake Brandle, 7, and Rashad Hill is the uh, worst-graded offensive lineman for the Vikings so far. So um, oh, what, are your, what are your confidence rankings in these offensive linemen? Like, how many of these guys are you right now thinking, yep, I, all right, let's, let's see more of that in 2022 from that guy? Darisaw, for sure. Cleveland, for sure. O'Neal, for sure. Um, O'Neal, yeah, he, he's established. He's good. Mason Cole, um, man, I'm, he's like in his mid-20s. I resign him. You know player. what? I, I, would, I would like to bring him back. Um, it might be as a backup again. I don't know. But, yeah, he's done. You know what? He's been – I don't know if I'm saying this because the guards have been so bad at times. Um, but Mason Cole has been what feels like a significant improvement. That being said, uh, you know, he, he stepped in for Bradbury at center and then he moved to guard to right guard. So it's not like you, it, you know, he, he plays decent and we're like, oh my God, he's playing great. Um, 
But yeah, I if you're asking me, do I still think this offensive line is an absolute disaster? My answer is no. If you're asking me, are there certain interior positions that definitely sh- should be improved, especially if Kirk comes back at quarterback? Definitely yes. But I don't. It's not fair to paint this entire thing as well. They suck, and that's why. No, yeah. actually, they 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 were really really rough probably a couple years back. I feel like there has been substantial improvement. Yeah, I, I also like the the words of our friend Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus keep ringing in my head that it's a it's a weak link position or position group, and that's less about having five elite guys like quarterback. You want the elite guy that can just sure. elevate everything. Sure, and I mean you like elite guys everywhere, but you know right. it's not realistic. It's it's really about avoiding the train wreck guy, and that was the problem. Like Ole Udo was kind of the train wreck guy. For the first and I'm not, nine weeks, right? Not, yeah, yeah. Penalties, and not everything. surprising. You know, not surprising. Set up to fail. Yeah, I mean, he was a patsy. The last two weeks, and I get that it's not complete because Christian Derrick, like Ole Udo, is playing left tackle. So I'm yep. curious to see what does this thing look like when Ole Udo is on the bench where he should be, mm-hmm. and you got Darisaw back at left tackle, and you put you put uh, Bradbury and Mason Cole in the middle and at right guard. What does it look like? Because, okay, are all five of those guys pro bowlers? No. Brian O'Neill is like the only thing close to a pro bowler of that group. But all five are potentially non-train wrecks. Garrett Bradbury is the closest thing to a train wreck, but he's been better the last two weeks. I want to see that five group, that group of five together if uh, if Derrissaw can play against the Bears. I guess we'll see. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm confident with O'Neal, um, confident with Derrissaw. I'm still iffy on Ezra Cleveland. I just don't know. Like, I'm not saying you cut him or anything, but I, I don't think he has, like, locked in a spot necessarily really? for next season. I think he has the up track to be a starting on, on the I offensive line fine. as it stands today. He's yep. fine. Um, and then with Mason Cole, I would honestly – I'd give Mason Cole a, 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 an extension. I'm, you don't overpay him, but I would I would give him two years, $12 million, and and four of it guaranteed or whatever you want to call it. But I would give him – I feel more confident about what I see in Mason Cole even with a smaller sample size than I'd do with Ezra. Interesting. See, I, I think Cleveland's been good. And and mm-hmm. I think he has shown, I think that's going to turn out to be a, a good pick. I think the problem is we all say, but he was a left tackle. What are you doing? I think he's done a nice job. Um, the one thing I would like to see is, and, and again, th- this would come from a different coach and an offensive philosophy that changes. I would like to see them all gain weight. I'd like to see them all get fatter. I'd like to see them <laughs> this whole zone run blocking thing. We want our guy. We want our guys to pull. Give me a bunch of hogs, man. Give me a bunch of guys that are fat, unhealthy, and can block. You know, I want my guys to get upfield and block for Dalvin Cook. You know what? Dalvin Cook's good enough. He can gain his own yards, right? I'm not saying I don't want him to block. No, but I'm. I want. I want guys that can hold up interior wise. Yeah. I want. I want fat guys. That can bury these skinny DTs. Well, pretty much all these guys are are higher graded as run blockers than pass blockers, and that's just the way that the Vikings have set out to find offensive linemen, right? Just yeah, I I would can get out that. in space and gain weight and whatnot. Get fat. Go get fat. Yeah, avoid Livia is what is what Judd is really. <laughs> yeah, saying. you know so. what? You can go on it once you're done playing. Become a spokesman like I am. You'll love mm-hmm. it. You can also, you know. You could drink Surly in moderation, too. I mean, I would recommend well, not that. if you're getting fat. Then, then you're going to go to Surly Brewing. You're going to sit down. You're going to eat some of their great food, and you're going to drink Surly Furious's 
all night long because you're trying to gain weight. But you know what? If you're not trying to get, gain weight, Phil's exactly right. You can still mix in some. And, in fact, I, I would say this. Monday night, as you're watching Vikings-Bears on the couch, you can uh, just reach over to your right or left, and you can pull in a Surly Furious IPA, the best IPA out there, Furious, Surly Brewing. Check it out. And then, as always, of course, show us your cans. by Show us your, your cans. That's yeah, right. Show us your cans at Jay Zolgad on Twitter. I want to see your cans of surly. To be very also, clear. A shout out to, or, or whatever, you know, whatever uh, you're into. No, no, uh, no, no. Uh, I don't want so that on my Twitter. No, I don't want to be answering questions. Uh-uh. A shout out to Federated Insurance, too. They've been helping business owners in the state of Minnesota for over 100 years. They're based in Owatonna, and they specialize in risk management. They specialize in protecting your bottom line and your employees. Just think about how, I mean, the sporadic weather in the Twin Cities, too. I mean, it's like 60 degrees and tornadoes one day, and then it's, you know, below freezing. And just uh, how could weather impact your business this time of year? Federated has answers and help for you and resources at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. It is time, gentlemen, for the random Viking of the week. Where Judd has opened up a 12-5 to lead on Declan since we launched this a few months back. Judd is on a four-game winning streak here after Declan rolled off four wins of his own. Can Declan get back? It's been a very streaky season on both our parts. Yes. Uh, Let me see if I can find... I don't know if I have the the right bed here, Dex, but... Like, if if I do this, does this work? Can you guys, like, hear that faintly? You put up to the microphone? Let's see. No, nah, it doesn't. doesn't no. Really work. Uh-huh. It doesn't really Sorry. Work well. But you know what? I'll give you this one right here. Okay. That works. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you guys a series of clues. You can guess up to three times incorrectly before you are out, and you can ask me questions if you want. It's up to you. Okay. Someone's getting a phone. Somebody might want to get that. Oh, it might be the pizza guy. It, it's mine. Sorry. Yeah. You'll be okay. <laughs> All right. Here's clue number one. This random Viking of the week originally hails from Yuma, Arizona. I wonder if he ever took the 310 to Yuma. Former spring training home of the San Diego Padres. Mm, yes. Uh, this random Viking of the week played college football in the Big Ten. Okay. And once won a Rose Bowl. Okay. Mm. Okay. This random Viking of the week played 45 games in college, but wasn't drafted. And he won a Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this random Viking of the week was on the offensive side of the ball. And his NFL coaches... His NFL head coaches, I should say, included Brad Childress, Pete Carroll, Mike Sherman, and a couple others. The so he's on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dex, you're gonna guess. Um, I'll throw out one because I get three incorrect, right? Yes, John Carlson. Didn't he go to Notre Dame? He did go to Notre Dame. Yeah. That's incorrect. And, and he's from here. Shoot your shot. And I believe he's from Minnesota. 
Shoot your shot. Is he from Minnesota? Yeah, I think he was from Minnesota. Oh, I don't remember that. Okay. He was from Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Or is, whatever. I mean, yeah, he's not dead. No. I mean, his career's <laughs> over, but that's... <laughs> know. He's, I'm sure he's still a very productive person. Uh, this, let's see here. This Wait, random, no. this random Viking of the week is currently 51 years old and, uh, 344 days. He's almost 52 years old. He's pretty much exactly my age. This random Viking of the week never actually played for the Vikings because he was a coach. Well, this is wait. <laughs> what this bunch of crap? I uh, never said random Vikings Dar- player. Daryl Bevel. Declan guesses Daryl Bevel, and he's off the schneid. Daryl Bevel is the correct answer. Ding. He is. Let me. Here, I'll find you the ding here. It's not. Oh, so we worked we a different with all setup because Judd has COVID. So there you go. There you go. Ding. Boom. Very nice. Very nice. That's right. My next clue was going to be that uh, he spent four years coaching college, then made the jump to the NFL as a quarterbacks coach, and nice, is most gotcha. most famous for being the coordinator for two of the most infamous postseason interceptions in NFL history: mm-hmm. Brett Favre across the body and Russell Wilson in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl on the one yard line. He called that play, by the way. And now he is the head coach of the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. And Judd, you covered him closely. I covered him closely when I was at another radio station. He is the polar opposite demeanor and human that Urban Meyer is, and I actually think it's a, it's a great interim, like f- four weeks, little Daryl Bevel to put the fire out, and then go hire whoever. Two you're consecutive hire. years too, right? Because he he was Patricia the Lions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he yeah he took o- o- over for the buffoon Mac Patricia last year. <laughs> the buffoon. So wow, Declan, congratulations! Let's Very give nice, Declan, Declan a round of applause. Way to go, Declan. He is back. Buffoon's a correct word for Matt Patricia. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. There it is. Uh, Tomorrow, we got Four Question Friday coming back. And don't forget, after that game on Monday, between the Bears and the Vikings, Monday Night Football, Vikings Vent Line is the most fan-friendly, interactive show in Minnesota sports where we're bringing you guys into the show. You guys run the show. And uh, we just surpassed between the Purple Daily YouTube channel, subscribe, like, please, and the Score North channel. We just surpassed... 30,000 combined subscribers. Three years ago, we had we had 1,000. So thank nice. you guys for, for helping you. us build these communities. It's a blast every day. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.